Welcome to the Human Podcast. He's fitness, well-being and fun expert, Matt Boyles. And he is author, speaker and a bit of the telly, Jez Rose. Join us as we explore over 23 episodes what it means to be human as we dive into the big things that make us tick. From happiness to creativity, success, pride and love. Listen in each week to be inspired, challenged and maybe, just maybe, discover a bit more about yourself along the way. What is the topic this week, Matt? Knowledge. Knowledge Ah. is power, or is it? Oh, gosh. And the one time I'm not with my library, I feel... My library is like my knowledge Achilles heel, I fear. Hey. (laughs) Well, as in the famous... Do you mean today? Well, no, like the famous um, Greek... Uh, yes. Story with the whole I know the Achilles. Reference. Yeah, right. Well, yes. So I feel like the library, my library, the, all the books I have, because none of them are, you know, as you regularly point out every week, fun or interesting. They're all <laughs> academic or <laughs> <Yeah>. textbooks. No. <laughs> <laughs> Who should we invite to our party? Should we invite Jet? No. Uh, let's invite Fun Lily and Great Fun Brian. <laughs> um, Gaffering Jet. They're pretty fun. Um, uh, yeah, but without them, I kind of feel like there's been loads of stuff over the last... Because obviously I thought I was just going to be at my mum's for a couple of weeks and it's dragged mm. on so long mm. that there's loads of stuff now that I think, oh, I should reference that or oh, I know where that is or I need to look that up or... And I can't. And there'll be people listening going, oh, what about Google? But it's, oh. it's not the oh. same. It's not the same as a library. It's not the same as queuing up, knowing, feeling a bit guilty because you've got a day overdue and oh. the Agatha, the librarian's going to slap your wrist. You know, when I was moving and packing up all the books, I was going, there was loads oh, there that, that get left, right? So, all right, that <laughs> I, you can choose how you want to be on this podcast. <laughs> I'll come to mentioning my surroundings in a second. People will be watching this going, is that a brass headboard? <laughs> Have I gone back to 1992? Um, I was packing them up and I was intentionally looking at every single one because I thought, oh, I don't get a chance to do this very often. And there was one, <laughs> an ex-library book from like 1971 that had been taken out a total number of zero times, <laughs> which had wormed its way into my library. And I'd picked up and gone, oh, that sounds interesting. The only person since 1970 to have thought, oh, that sounds interesting. But hold on, zero times is impossible because you have taken it out once. No, my, my it's an ex libris now. Oh, so I guess the ex-libris. library got maybe I don't know what Eaten. burned. Yeah, maybe <laughs> turned into a Mackie D's. <laughs> don't they all? So yes. my segue being yes. like mm-hmm. uh, that knowledge is, I guess, subjective, isn't it? Well, I'm going to say that knowledge is rubbish. Controversial. Matt, what do you mean? Well, funny you should ask. Matt, what do you mean? <laughs> Thank you. As if on cue. I'm not sure knowledge is any good if you don't do anything with it. <gasps> yeah, I've often said Pivot. that. I t- no, I totally agree. Totally, totally agree. I've often said the same thing. You can learn as much as you want. What's the point if you don't do anything about it? It's utterly, utterly useless. Yeah, It's like people that have this... There's um, and actually, if anybody's listening who ever's done like an open university course or something like that, they'll know what this is. You know, when you kind of get into the rhythm of learning, it can be really self-rewarding and really interesting. And then you end up in this spiral, in this loop of of just studying and learning all the time. But the problem mm. is, if you don't if you don't act or if you don't do anything, you don't make any good of that knowledge, then it's it's sort of pointless, isn't it? You just become somebody who's mildly interesting or generally irritating in the past. <laughs> yes. Good at pub quizzes. But then, then maybe though that isn't true because that will have changed you. You will have done something with it. You will have used it to win the pub quiz. So that's fine. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I get there is a saying to know and not do is not to know. <gasps> How do you feel about that? Well, it's a pointless saying. It doesn't even mean anything, does it? Um, it does. If you, ten- know, if you know the right thing, but you don't do it, you may as well not know it. Well, that's not what you said. You said to know and not to do is to not to do or something it's to not to know not to know but then you do know don't you so it doesn't make any sense well is is to hypothetically not to know all right okay here's a here's a uh dilemma to chuck you on the the 
What does that say on the horns of a dilemma? I'm going to put you on the horns of a dilemma, Jesmond. Okay. What's worse? What's worse? Ignorance or inaction? Oh, I always choose bliss. Um, <laughs> ignorance or inaction? Gosh, that's a really, really good dilemma. Because this is a bit like, would you rather a penis for ears or an ears for penis, isn't it? Um <laughs> Well, I think we all know the answer to that. <laughs> yes. But um, if you weren't in the vicinity of a serial killer with a scalpel and some sutures... Um, oh, I always just assume that you're born that way. I don't think it's under some, like, laboratory switch. That oh, that no, happens. no, 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 Matt. You make the choice and then we carry happen. it out. That's why you always drink it oh, before that's... we start playing. <laughs> That's so dark. I mean, yeah. You've ruined them for life for me. You that's need to horrible. come to these parties that I host that you keep denying that you get invitations. <laughs> Definitely <to>. not. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I, I like that whole ignorance is bliss thing because sometimes it plays out really well, doesn't it? You know, sometimes I think there are occasions where it's better to not know because knowledge is, of course, implication often as well. Mm. Um, mm. And so is... Is it better to not know or to be or to know and turn a blind eye, I guess is the uh, question, right? Is it's a real social uh, dilemma, isn't it? Because uh, you know, particularly if it, it, it's a socially disruptive thing that actually but but that it's somebody you care or know about that's doing it, you know, do you do you tell somebody about it or do you just pretend you haven't seen it? Is the you know, I guess uh, the more relatable dilemma. I don't know whether I'd I think I mm. Would prefer to not know. There's a sweet spot, yeah, isn't there? Uh, there absolutely because you don't and know what you don't know. No, but oh, we can talk about that in a second as well because that's almost that's another step on. But there's also, will it hurt someone? Because actually, when I approached this episode about knowledge, I was like, oh, learning knowledge. But actually, there's just knowledge about what something that happened, sure. for example. And okay, I the class a classic one. If your partner cheated on you, but they were never going to do it again, I think we'd all rather not know and just get get back on the relationship. <laughs> no, is that just me? Choice of words there. <laughs> just not know and get back on. Um, the relationship train. <laughs> choo choo. I'm editing all that out. <laughs> I, you, you always do. <laughs> This is a really difficult thing because, you know, one of the challenges I've always had uh, and very difficult maybe to talk about this without sounding obnoxiously rebellious or conceited in some way, but I've always said that knowledge, unfortunately, harnesses power, right? Now, there are tons of social psychology experiments that have demonstrated this. Uh, I guess the two classic ones that probably everybody's heard of, Stanley Milgram with the uh, electrocution Milgram. experiment. <laughs> oh, Milgs. Which yes, is, that one is disturbing. Uh, you know, authoritarian <laughs> people in power, people with authority saying... Electrocute that person. Do I... Okay, briefly, like 20 seconds, because there might well be people listening to this going, what? <laughs> so the experiment being uh, there's somebody in another room that you can't see, and you are told that you're to deliver electric shocks to that person using a, you know, a board in front of you every time they get a question wrong. So there's an, uh, a laboratory assistant with you. They ask the other person in the other room a question. You can hear on a little speaker their reply. If they get it wrong, the person in the lab coat says, shock the person, deliver a shock. Uh, and for every time they get something wrong, they crank up the voltage until it's getting like really crazy. You can hear them screaming and, and crying in the, in the background. Then all of a sudden, when the voltage gets really high, the person becomes unresponsive. And they're still told to deliver the shock each time. Um, they say, well, a non-answer is uh, the equivalent of a, you know, a wrong answer. Deliver the shock. And of course, the mess the story you're playing in your head is, I think I've killed this person or this person is unconscious. Mm. I've electrocuted them. And overwhelmingly, three quarters of those people approximately uh, continued to deliver shocks. They would continue to do what they were told. So, I mean, I, can we find out who those people were? 
Uh, well, see, ironically, then, of course, that was repeated by Berger uh, many years later, who found pretty much exactly the same results. So um, oh, what it shows is that when we are faced with somebody of authority, they will continue, you know, we'll do what we're told. Um, the other classic example is the a person with a fluorescent coat and a clipboard, right? You know, they just go out and tell people what to do and people go, all right, then I'll do it because you look like you're an authority. I told you the story about the zoo in the car park, didn't I? Bristol Zoo. Uh, uh, yes, but remind us. So the, the car park guy, for years, there was a guy in the car park at Bristol Zoo that took money off people as they came in to park. Um, right. And then one day he didn't turn up for work over a bank holiday weekend and it was utter chaos. And the zoo rang the council and said, you need to send us another car park guy. <laughs> and the council said, what do you mean a car park guy? And they said, well, you know the car park <laughs> guy that takes the money. And they were like, we don't have a car park guy. You're not, like, it's private. We don't have anything to do with the car park. This guy had decided, he took it upon himself to charge people to park in the car park at Bristol Zoo. You know, a tenner for coaches, two pound for cars. And over many, <laughs> many years, had pocketed all this money. The council assumed the zoo had employed him and the zoo assumed the council had employed him. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't said that. Oh, what right. Okay. Yeah, I know. Great, isn't it? Um, and it was only caught out when he just didn't turn up for work and it was particularly busy and there was utter chaos because people didn't know where to park. Um, <laughs> I love that you said he didn't turn up for work. <laughs> like, he's not employed. Yeah. <laughs> so he didn't turn up for his scam. He's for his scam, yeah, exactly. It made his million. He <laughs> was out on a yacht somewhere in the Bahamas, you know. Um, <laughs> So that's but that's a classic example in action of, and I really hope it's it's true. I've read it enough times uh, that I, I right. I'm assuming it's true. But that's a classic example of person in authority or perceived authority, and you do what you're told. So the challenge there is that you know I've worked with lots of doctors who have made wrong decisions or have been inappropriate, but nobody oh, would oh. say anything about it because they were a doctor because they were more knowledgeable, right. right? And I've always said, but the thing is, knowledge. You know, just because you've got more knowledge doesn't mean to say that you're always right. And it doesn't mean to say that you're morally right or ethically right. Um, so I think there's a huge amount of responsibility that comes with knowledge, right? And the more knowledgeable you get in something, the more responsibility you have. Because I also don't, yeah. like, I used to call myself the behaviour expert. That was my business name. Because right. it was a sort of uh, a moniker that some clients gave me. They sort of would jokingly say, oh, here comes the behaviour expert, you know. Um, or they would refer to me as a behaviour expert. And so I thought that's quite a cute thing. And then after several years, I thought, actually, this is nonsense. Like, no one's an expert, are they? It's quite arrogant to sort of establish yourself as an expert. I, I was What you just said about people defer to the doctor or the, someone in authority, um, I think is really interesting because I think even traditionally over history, it's always been the the well probably the straight but the white man in a situation who's like oh i'm the 50 year old white man i know what to do sure. but i'd like to think that's changing that everyone is the right person is being chosen for the moment of authority i mean it's not true because there's a very unequal distribution of gender and ethnicity across all power yeah and, and particularly actually that's something interesting is that historically of course women were assumed to be less knowledgeable and not capable of being as knowledgeable as men which Small is heads isn't right it? which is the which is utter nonsense sorry ladies yes it's, of course well that's where it it's came from right i mean that's what yeah, people yeah, used yeah. to say isn't it and the, the, phrenology all of that the study and, of the brain areas and that that social message and it's the problem with social messages is that they grip us and mm. they normalize so quickly that the legacy is like long and boring and arduous. I mean, you look at anything now. I mean, for God's sake, 2022, racism, homophobia, anti-Semitism. I mean, it goes on and on and on and on and on, right? Um, so, uh. ooh. Oh, and here, here come the fashion police ooh, chairs for yes. you. Yes, piss off, all right? I'm cold. <laughs> it's a nice jumper. <laughs> it's also brand new. <laughs> Good. <laughs> um, yeah, so I um, I wonder whether, you know, is knowledge a bad thing? No. Can no. it be abused? Yes. Is it something that we should all seek to get more of? That's something interesting, isn't it? Do you think we should all try and be more knowledgeable Ooh. about certain things are there kind of baseline things as a human that we should all really have knowledge in or knowledge of but but mm. where does that stop because 
Yeah, yeah. Social history would be one of the obvious things, just because we were just talking about it, so that you understand the contact, uh, the context of racism and homophobia and anti-Semitism and all oh. of the things that are in the news right now, rather than turning a blind eye and go, oh, it's, yeah, it doesn't affect me. Oh. Um, should we? Should we all kind of have a? Because I always found that weird. You know, think about schooling, and the subjects that are taught in schools are determined mm. locally, not nationally. So. What? When I went to school in Oxfordshire, for example, as a child, yeah. and left uh, school in year, ooh, what was that, uh, five, I think? Uh, well, anyway, whenever I left, about age about 10, um, we were just uh, learning about the Second World War, and we were, at, we were having to make our own gas mask boxes and walk around with gas mask boxes oh, all wow. the time and uh, understand what children at school went through during the Second World War. I moved to Buckinghamshire into the same year, and not for the entire curriculum did they did they uh, learn about the Second World War. So, the the difference was that you had all these kids, and I remember some, some of them didn't even didn't know who Hitler was. God. So, is it not then fundamentally important that as human beings we have kind of an essential bit of knowledge that you know, and it's up mm. to you if you want to do more, because of course you know there's I know nothing through to. I'm a professor, but, or, you know, I've got friends. I love that spectrum. I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> it's from Manuel yes, in Faulty yes, Towers. Yes. I know nothing. Um, and what would they be? You know, what would the kind of hit list be, so to speak? I mean, I, my thoughts on the current school education topics curriculum has been well <laughs> said on this podcast mm. over the last half year because i don't i believe other th- more there are more important things like money entrepreneurship business that could be taught better to kids sure. to change our world but yes i i guess schools do try to do what you're saying though give us a grounding in history and math and things you need to know but you're right if each authority can decide, oh, no, they don't need to know about the Vietnamese war, then, of course, you're going to, just by dint of where you live, you're going to miss out on things. But I guess we couldn't, I don't think you could ever agree a universal curriculum that everyone was like, yes, that's, nothing else, don't don't, don't trim it, don't add nothing, we found the perfect topics. Yeah, because, of course, it goes on and on and on, doesn't it? But I wonder whether a better way of approaching it would be, here's a timeline throughout history so that you're aware that these things happened because you yeah. could sort of summarise it in a paragraph or something. I don't know. I mean, we're talking about kind of things that probably are too difficult to even mm. contemplate doing. But um, it just strikes me that, you know, you spend... You learn about history, for example, in school. I mean, you know, in secondary school, did a whole yeah. massive chunk on, I don't know, Henry oh, the VIII Tudors. and the Tudors or something. Yeah. You know, what, what actual Bloody relevance... Tudors. Has that had on my life now when that time could have been social history, right? So here's yeah. a chunk where, and this is probably where, you know, the large amount of racism came from and we've still got a hangover. Here's a chunk of, here's homophobia, here's anti-Semitism, here's some key points in history that have happened, here's some wars we probably should talk about, rather than here's three months and a massive essay on Tudors or something, you know, ju- just because yeah. in my case, as lovely as she was, my head of history was a specialist in the Tudors and wrote a book on it. <laughs> How is your head of history? No old, complaints? Old. <laughs> Dusty. Um, <laughs> I know, I totally get that. And there was also so much whitewashing of history as well, of what was presented to kids. Tudors, like, yes, okay, learn about the Tudors for two lessons. It doesn't sure. need a term. Sure. There's a wealth of black history and all history from around the yeah. world that just... I had no idea about it until I, genuinely, until I left school, I think. Well, it's like we said before about leaving school, you know, the whole trigonometry thing as well. You know, mm. what knowledge is essential for all of us and what knowledge is... It's that, you know, when you train people, you have that um, the difference between need to know and nice to know, and I always oh, yeah. determine, let's see how much time we've got, because, you know, need to know is time and nice to know is if we've yeah. got time left. And I wouldn't say that trigonometry fits into the need to know because I don't think I've ever <laughs> used it. Um no. As would be uh, the evidence of that was the base of a greenhouse that I attempted to uh, to lay. <laughs> Badly. <laughs> I can tell um, you now, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I just thought of uh, a saying that people say, obviously that's what you do with <laughs> sayings, that um, 
might just undermine this whole episode. It's not what you know, it's who you know. Ah, oh, yeah. discuss. Yeah. yeah, there's that too, though, isn't there? Mm. Money like, is the then, root of all evil and the fruit of all sin. That's not the same thing at all. Isn't it? <laughs> that's plenty Ra- more fish in the sea. Raining cats and dogs. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I think... Oh. I mean, that talks about privilege and nepotism, but also talks about building your own networks and if you want and connections and working together that doesn't necessarily negate the need for learning and in self-improvement and knowledge and growth. Have you lost weight? <laughs> Is that connected to what we were just talking about? You look, you I look like you've I... lost weight. Oh, you look very well. I don't well. think I have. Oh, oh, okay. oh, whoa, 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 hold on. That was a backhanded compliment. What? Have you lost weight? You look well. <laughs> well I didn't look well before. No, I, no. I never weigh myself because I don't care or I have no idea. Do what this, weighed, do this. So. Now do this. Yeah, you've lost weight. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Jess just got me to suck my cheeks in and then puff them out like a blowfish and apparently that is the universal visual standard of uh, body composition. Well, there's all of this nonsense with your weight dividing it by your sugar level and multiplying it by BMI or something. Yeah, Yeah. so that's how I do it. Puff them out, suck them in. Yeah, that's about right. So (laughs) That works for so many things. I wonder whether if you had people that were knowledgeable around you I mean, you'd potentially have acquired knowledge then, wouldn't you, by proxy? You know, you learn yeah. from other people. So it wouldn't be the knowledge necessarily. It would very much be the people you know. I mean, the, you're right. The saying is about social... What's the word, isn't it? Privilege. But out of context, it could well be that actually if you're hanging around with quite knowledgeable people, then... Oh, is that kind of acquired knowledge, though? No, but I love being around people who lift me up. And you maybe don't think, oh, I'm sharing knowledge with these people, but just by like sparking ideas and cheering each other on and being cheerleads for each other, that really, you do learn from other people, even if it's not traditional learning, but like getting inspired because you're, you see someone else doing something you want to do or you like, oh, I want to be like them. Like that is so powerful and I adore that. Yeah. See, that's where knowledge can be really interesting because some people have a really an uncomfortable relationship with knowledge don't they in as much that it's either you know they think of school or bad experiences Mm. of academia or stuffiness Mm. or boring learning Mm. um i've always loved learning because i've been so inquisitive i think i was always that annoying guy in science that was why 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 just because it is and it's really funny i now look back on my chemistry teacher who because at one point (laughs) super geek here we go at one point, I knew all of the periodic table off by heart, right? <laughs> and What? That's yeah, amazing. Yeah. And, and I had printed out data fact sheets about each of the uh, elements on single size. I had this like, massive stack of paper in my room and I would like study them and I loved it. And my chemistry teacher at the time said, you'll get to a point, unfortunately, where you will meet people who have surpassed your level of knowledge, right? And you're no longer like, like this incredibly knowledgeable person about this thing. Um, and I always used to ask why, and it got to a point where he would say, you're just going to have to accept that it is what it is. And, and I always used to think, oh, why don't you give me more knowledge? And now I realise it was probably because I'd met his <laughs> He was like, oh, oh, God, I don't know. <laughs> Shut <laughs> up. Just quiet. Just, I haven't read that bit of the book. Just, just do this. Yeah. For some people, I guess there is that discomfort. You know, knowledge isn't always good or an interest. Mm. It can be an uncomfortable thing. But I wonder how you could make knowledge fun, interesting, exciting, engaging. Like, you know, what it when does knowledge start to really, like you say, like spark and electrify and infuse people? Is mm. it actually fundamentally about the people that you hang around with? Is it you know, is it where you get it from? There is that saying. I, it'd be interesting if you believe in this or not, that says you're the sum of the five people you spend the most time with. Hmm. I uh, have a variation on that in that oh. I think that the, I think you're the sum of the, it's not necessarily the five people you spend the most time with. I think it's the five people who you, who have the greatest influence. So, so okay. I, yeah. I don't know how to really put that in a neat way. Cause 
because the assumption is that the five people you hang around with most are going to have the most influence on you, therefore you'll become like them. Mm. But actually the converse is true too, in as much that you can resist, if you can see that those people aren't how you want to be, you can actively yeah. resist that. Um, and so maybe you're more like the five people or the few people, I don't know why it's five, um, that yeah. you have allowed to be the greatest influence on you that's really smart and i'd never thought of that but obviously when i was growing up my parents were the definitely two of the people i spent the most time sure. with they both smoked but i've never smoked because i never wanted to yeah dirty so actually you're right i guess no i guess maybe you are still the sum of the five people but you you, you either you either keep or throw out the traits of those five people. So, yeah, because it's not saying all five become like a homogenous, amorphous blob. Sure. Although, fingers crossed, one day, family. Uh, don't know what that means. Mm, it's kind of sinister. I'm not sure. <laughs> I was, was, on behalf of the rest of the viewers, we're all a little uncomfortable with the idea of you becoming a familial, synonymous blob. It's a little incestuous. <laughs> Come closer, mummy. A little. <laughs> Much closer. <laughs> Much, much closer. And now open the... Uh, I don't know. Uh, I was trying to think of a revolting animal. Open the cloaca. Do you know what a cloaca is? It's so revolting. No, I don't. It, it's the bird's egg hole, but it's also its poo hole. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm I sorry. Mean, I'm sorry. If you are listening to this and wondering WTF where you said it out loud, believe me, it is exactly what I have. <laughs> I'm with you. Matt is wholly on his own right now as we all imagine him tightly cuddled up on Christmas Eve with his dad, his mum, his sister and everybody else in their bed. A little bit merry after too many eggnogs trying to coagulate. Oh, God. Let's move. Just having a moment. Excuse me, I'm sure. I'm sorry. Um, anyway, He's yes, you choose. You, it, it's okay to choose the, the traits of the five people you hang around with most. You don't have to... You can pick and choose. They're good. They're good bits. Yeah. Uh, yes. Oh. I, uh, I would imagine that the that there's an element, though, of knowledge in your ability to understand that you can do that. Because there yes. will be many people who don't know the difference. Or, or aren't connected with self or progress or self-development or, or, or even the ability to go and seek alternative knowledge and will just accept everything that their parents had told them. Or was it you that I was talking to? It was either you, somebody you knew, or I told you that it was somebody that... Uh, I'd, I'd, somebody told me at some point they knew about the whole hmm. police oh, yeah. thing. <laughs> Uh, I don't think you've got a penny to stand on, boy, so <laughs> you just lean back on your little rocky office chair there and keep quiet. <laughs> so um, <laughs> I, it was the girl who had dreams and aspirations to do something or other, and her parents said, no, be a policewoman because it's a secure and stable job for you to do and you'll get a great... We've we've spoken about it in one of the other episodes. And that's my point, is that she went, oh, okay, Dad, yeah, you know, right? You know, I've spent my whole life, you know, around my family. And so, you know, some people will be. They'll know no different. Their entire life experience will be about the five people they hung around with most and they don't mm. think, oh, okay, that's interesting. I wonder if there's another view and I wonder what that view is and I wonder how I feel about that and mm. um, I'm going to reflect a bit and I'm going to find my own path. Do you think the best teacher at school could, the best thing someone could teach you at school would be you don't have to grow up to be your mum or your dad? Yes. <laughs> Good, next question. <laughs> I just I just thought of that, but no one's ever said that to me. But That's a very interesting I, point. I guess it comes down to, like, people may feel they're rejecting their family if they do things differently. They're consciously like, oh, well, I don't want to be a police lady. Sure. I want to be a clown. Um, <laughs> but the, there are no clowns in my family. Uh, these are real world jobs, Jess. Don't lie. Um, <laughs> um, all right, sorry. That was a silly example. But I think people may feel they... I imagine I would actually... Do you know what? I can actually answer that. I did German A-level because my dad did it at, at in the <coughs> 60s at school. Right. And I did it because I was like, well, I, he did it and it's a good thing. And he did it. Like, I definitely did it because he did it. So... 
I've got, I haven't got a leg to stand on. In some ways, it's very... Oh, I'm sorry to hear this. Um, in some <coughs> ways, it's very important, though, that that you... And very lovely that you get influenced by people close to you, right? Oh, it's, I've, just yeah, a shame it's, not, it's not always a bad thing. No, like in some cases can, it can be, right? Well, yes. So well, what yes. do you do with knowledge once you've got it? Do you think there's an obligation for us to share it and or use it for good? I mean... I, I, th- I think that's an impossible question because it depends on what the knowledge is. Yes, but so this but what I'm driving, I suppose, is an ulterior point that um how many people do you know Six. who have gone to don't exaggerate how many people do you know that, that have gone to university studied a degree left university with a degree and do zip all with that degree i mean i know oh. so many people who have gone to do engineering come out and gone oh, i'm gonna set up my own bakery or i'm gonna go and be a doctor or whatever but that that just means they haven't been told the point of university. The point of university, unless you're going to be a vet or a doctor, you don't go to university to learn that. I did American studies. I knew I was never going to be a professor of American studies. I did it to get a degree because that's what you do. Oh, 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 there's a can of worms. I knew I wasn't going to university to teach American studies in the future. I could. So, I could. There, so there is an entire academic... Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Is an entire academic uh, agenda, agenda yes. and uh, uh, consumerist kind of um, oh god, what's the word I'm looking for? Like like there's there's this massive agenda to make money through the desire for education that is both a waste of money and utterly pointless because it's bringing people in to say, here, learn knowledge, because we've told you this is a good thing to do. You should have a degree and be knowledgeable. And then you go off and do something completely different. Like, what is the point in studying to a degree level, literally any subject I don't care, to show that you can analyse, read something, put it in your own words, reference, uh, listen, and, I don't know, go off on your own and source some information and make it your own. That's essentially it, right? And yeah. then go and do something completely different with that seems to me like utter nonsense. And <laughs> when you start to scrape it, you think, well, hang on a minute. This is just marketing. This is brilliant marketing from what used to be academic institutions to teach people to do a thing. Now you're just selling knowledge so that you can, quote unquote, go and get a job. Well, I, it's not about the knowledge. It's about proving really? you can apply yourself and grow. And also, I don't want to hate entirely on universities. They have amazing... Res- like, the money that we spend going there funds their research departments that do wonderful things. So it's it's almost part of the greater good going to university. That's like oh, saying, there's a, oh, there's a chasm here well, that's like saying, between us. Oh, yeah, OK, Jimmy Savile did some bad stuff, but all oh. of his money went to charity. You know, that's like saying, and I'm not, I'm not comparing, <laughs> I'm about to edit this, I'm not comparing I, universities to, to a paedophile, but what I am saying is, you know, it's, it's difficult, isn't it, to say, oh yeah, but they do really great things, when, well yeah, they do, and of course it's not their fault, they're not saying, here, come and do any degree you want, we don't yeah, care. Yeah, no pressure. That's, it was you that chose to do American studies, and it was you who chose then to do nothing with it, um, so... You know, it's for the individuals. I get that. But isn't it interesting when you start to look at, okay, so what are they doing? They're creating a product, which is knowledge that you pay for, and we'll give you a piece of paper at the end of it if you attend so much and hand in some work. Well, the very (laughs) fact that you can do a degree in, like, the most weirdest random things now, almost the nonsensical things, it's back to square one, which is, you know, our original point, which is why are we teaching kids what we're teaching them in school if they don't have any really if it's not helping humanity or advancing society or not getting you to a, a, yeah. an end point, i.e., you know, law, veterinary medicine, medicine, whatever, engineering, I definitely want the person who's going to operate on me to have done some serious study <laughs> and be qualified in it, right? And the person who builds who my house. Second... <laughs> <laughs> but as you quite rightly say, I don't necessarily, uh, I'm not going to be at all reassured if they say I know an awful lot about America because <laughs> uh, I know a lot about America because yes. I've been there worked there and almost went to live there but i didn't need a degree to do that um so is my knowledge about america better than your knowledge in context 
is there is that even a question? Is it even relevant? Probably not because you did nothing with it. Um, next uh, time you want to do something with a spare six and a half grand, come and chat to me. I got some great things ah, you'd love doing. Well, I chose that Swansea specifically because I got a year Swansea. in America, so in your face. <laughs> and I lived in Long Beach for a year, and it was amazing. Well, I think anywhere uh, would be amazing after Swansea for three years. Oh, don't rag on Swansea. I had a lovely time there. Um, okay, here's a here's a proposal, and then we must do book of the week. <clears throat> Yes. Um, just trying to avoid if that. you if you go to university to become a vet or a doctor or whatever, you just study that. If you go to university to do American studies, whatever, something else, half modeling. of your course, yes, how rude. Half of your course also has to be about social history, so you do learn deeper about where you've come from. Yeah, let's pick up on this after book of the week. <laughs> okay, good. Uh, we should probably explain that. You, I've been, um, I think gracious is probably a, a good descriptor, um, <laughs> to allow you to have two books of the week this week because you so desperately wanted to include both of them. And I didn't feel it was sort of fair to stretch it out too long with a third one. So this week, it's kind of like a special feature, I suppose. Special, special feature um, for Matt to have two. And I, I, for one, am very much looking forward um, to seeing... I guess two things. One, how you respond to this act of control, and um, <laughs> and also which books you've chosen to enlighten us with. Matt, okay. Cue the jingle. Well, well. <clears throat> your by the way, your generosity knows no bounds. That definitely is what definitely happened. You sound like you were pretty just much too, every too judge I've ever been in front of. <laughs> <laughs> Serious, right? <clears throat> K is for no wing stuff. N is for not knowing stuff. O is for, oh, what a lot of stuff there is to know. <laughs> w is for when will I learn all the stuff there is. L is for learning. That's how it goes in. E is for everything you haven't learned and never will. D is for don't you think you should try more learning? G is for gosh, there's just so much stuff to learn. E is for ecads. Why didn't I start learning sooner? And how does it all go in? Books, 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 books. Oh, it's ended. Bravo, bravo. You're welcome. Bravo. And it Thanks. spells knowledge. Knowledge. Yeah. It's an acrostic in song form. Is that what it's called, an acrostic? Acrostic. Yeah, when the letters go down. Well, I mean, if you missed out the is for, but like if you write the letters down and something means for each thing. Oh, lovely. Yeah. So... Uh, after I said about knowledge being rubbish earlier or whatever contentious guff I said at the start, which I don't really mean, uh, I'm going to show you the Only Connect official quiz book. Only Connect is the best show on TV, and I've been obsessed with it for a few years. You're looking quizzical, and I forget, because you, you're a 1920s throwback without... Uh, you've got a baker television, and that, <laughs> and that even doesn't work sometimes. Do you, do you know what I'm talking about? No, only Connect. Oh, is it like Christ. Connect Four, like the little red and yellow things? Sure, but sure, Shelley? sure, sure. It's obviously, ask not. your nan, <laughs> ask your great, great, <laughs> great dead. grandparents. They know. Yeah, and they know. They're also dead. <laughs> <laughs> only Connect is on BBC Two. Uh, it's seventeen series. Seventeenth series on at the moment. Oh so, wow! It's yes. How do you not know? About is it on at like five? <laughs> No, prime time, Monday night, BBC Two, 8pm. Wow. Yes, hosted by the incredible Victoria Corrin Mitchell, who I adore, married to David Mitchell. Yes, that one, not the author I'm always going on about with the same name. Anyway, um, it's brilliant because it's not just about knowledge, because the point is connect. So the first round is you are given four clues, so you have to know what they are, and then you have to say what the connection is. Clever. So it's about applying that knowledge and thinking laterally. And actually, you get one clue in the quick two, and then the quicker you get it, the more points you get. Then the second round is you get a clue and then another, but you have to say what the fourth thing is. Clever. Anyway, it's just, it's super smart. It's the opposite of dumbing down TV. It's smarting up TV, and I love it. <laughs> I think smart TV is already taken. What? Um, <laughs> so what is the book? Yes. 
It's the quiz book. So it's all it's loads of uh, quizzes you can try by yourself at oh, home. Oh, cool. L loads of, sorry, questions you can try at home. Uh, and then there is a third round, which is probably my favourite. It's the wall. Can you see that? I can, So yes. If you're on 16, YouTube, you can see it as well. <laughs> yes. 16 rectangles with seemingly dif disparate words in, yes. but they connect into four different categories. So... There are 16 there. So, and when they play it on screen, they press the button and they sort of move it into lines, okay. try and get it into the yeah, four yeah. lines. Clever. It's brilliant. And then the final round is missing vowels, which isn't really about connections. But so, I don't know if you can see there. So, you see the vowels are taking out, and oh, you have to so say, like, what is this animal? C T. Yes. Carp. No. <laughs> Cat. Cat. <laughs> Yes, that one, exactly. Um, the people that come up with these are like the people that create crosswords. I mean, so incredibly knowledgeable yes. in a really odd, like, non-linear area of knowledge. It's so, it's amazing. Um, where's yes. the, that's a great, was that a gift by yes. any chance? Uh, yes, and there's a second one. I've got both. They're BBC books. Okay. They're available all over your internets and in your bookshops. And it's and called Connect 4. No, All Connect. Connect All. <laughs> it's called it's Only called Connect. Only Connect. Yeah, Only Connect, the official quiz book, one and two. Oh, amazing. Okay. It's great. It's really good. <clears throat> this, I mean, I don't watch television, so this is why I don't know what it is, but uh, only if I'm on it. Uh, I think you'd enjoy it. Yes. And what was the other book, Mr. Matt? Or is the other one, are you bailing well, out so and going, it's the second volume of that book? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it's not. It's not. It's not. So this book came to me because it's about what knowledge does to how you experience the book or think back on it. So the book is called A Million Tiny Pieces by James Frey. It is his I'll say, I won't say anything think other, but I'll say it's his depiction of his time as a drug addict and in rehab and back as a drug addict and back in rehab and blah, blah, blah. And it's harrowing. Now, it was made into a film... Wait, wait, years ago. wait. Is this a story have, or is this... Yes, it... So, well, therein lies the rub. Oh! So, he wrote it as This Is My Experience and Oprah made it book of the week in her book, Oprah Book Club, and it became hugely popular, huge, especially really big about 10 years ago. Um, and then things started to come out that maybe it wasn't all true and maybe some was exaggerated or it was a Romana clef. It was like half true honey built on it. And then Oprah got him back on and shouted at him and was like, you messed with us and with our emotions. Is this true? How do we believe any of it? So it's a great book. It's maybe not for everyone. It's quite harrowing, like I said. Does it matter that it may or may not be true? Because now I know that there are question marks about it. Should I feel differently about it? Discuss. Well, you read fiction. So what does it matter to you whether it's true? No, or but I read it as a non-fiction book. But what does it matter? Well, I'm just saying now we have this knowledge about it. Like, but do, you oh, not, do I not when care you read as fiction, deeply? Do you buy into a character? I do, but I can disassociate and go, okay, well, that's in a completely fictionalised world. I'm a, the only reason this is relevant is because it's so awful in places about his experiences. And it's like, oh, well, hang on. Did you make it up? Were you just sort of a casual drug user or were you really this awful, awful... <clears throat> I suppose in the sense that if you found out that Saw, I've not seen it, but I've heard enough about it... Oh, Christ, it was that real. was true. <laughs> yeah. Then I suppose... You know, if you, if the book came out that the human centipede actually was real, then oh. I suppose then there is that sort of oh, that's any other video worse. nasties you want to drop? <laughs> well, I've not seen any of these because I, I, I some some we were watching TV the other night, uh, or like a film. It wasn't TV. We were watching film the other night, and somebody punched somebody in the face, and that was it. I was like, oh no, 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 I can't watch. <laughs> I'm no. out. Yeah, you need to let me know when they're all friends again. <laughs> let me know when someone puts the kettle on. I can't be, I can't watch it. I don't like violence or people being nasty to each other. Um, no. So, yeah, I, I can kind of understand that retrospectively, but uh, but that was your decision to buy into it and believe it was true, unless he was saying, you know, well, this is my it, true yes. story. It is, but it was, back right at the start, it was purported as this is a true story. Oh, oh well, that's a bit different. If he's saying this is a true story, buy into it, and then saying, and we still don't really know story. what was and wasn't. I mean, yeah. story. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, I just thought it was an interesting take on what knowledge does. To, like this comes back to: Do you want to know? Mm. Do, like, do you need to know everything? Will you be happier if you don't necessarily know everything? I don't know. I just write the jingles. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, I, I suppose it also comes back to the point of what do you do with knowledge? Because mm. not, having more knowledge than somebody else puts you in a position of authority, of power. Maybe not authority, but of power. Because you can either, you can withhold that knowledge, which can change mm. and influence that other person, the way they think, feel, things they know, their advancement mm. or not. Or you could use that knowledge to better that person or use that knowledge, of course, to belittle that person as well. So, yeah, I think there's something really interesting in the idea of knowledge and withholding knowledge changing other people. As, da- is it as dangerous as having the knowledge? Yeah. Ooh. And Yeah. I mean, I, this is oh God, this is another one of these where do you leave I, it episodes, right? I, I know there's so much. What do you do with so so what? Okay, what is your what's your kind of take home important thing about knowledge? What would you say is if somebody was saying, "Oh, look at me, I'm an amoeba." <laughs> Shall I? <laughs> I know nothing. I did no schooling. Yo. I don't know. What is written, what is not, Matt? I I love those cockney amoebas. Right, I know, right? (laughs) Uh, So shall I do more learning or not, governor? Right, that is, right. So if if you've got got somebody who, I don't know, is thinking, oh, do I be more knowledgeable or not? Because there's an awful lot of people that I've met who have said, oh, I'm, I'm really dumb, I don't know very much, you know, or... Um, you know, I'm I'm a bit mm. stupid, or because of the hangover, probably from school, or you know, because they maybe. struggled, maybe, and they might have had some sort of I don't know learning difficulties, something undiagnosed, or just had the wrong teacher or the wrong experience or whatever. Because mm. oh, there's that classic story, isn't there? Of um, oh gosh, the famous ballerina, um, principled uh, ballerina and dance Nureyev. teacher, no Wayne Sleep, no female, who Lila uh, Blair, Sir Ken Robinson. <laughs> So Ken Robinson talks about in his book that it was Margaret think, Fontaine. Is it Fontaine? I don't know. I'm just naming female ballerina. Okay, we'll stop. So really struggled in school and was put down because of her inability to grasp knowledge. It's not put down. She was in a veterinary put down. school. Um, and uh, so because she couldn't uh, articulate herself and, and didn't know what was wrong and her teachers kind of dismissed her <clears throat> and somebody i'm fairly certain it was sir ken robinson said let's find out what this kid is good at let's find out what they want to do um right. because clearly they don't want to be sat still in a classroom learning maths so let's find a way to engage this child because it's our responsibility as educators to ensure that they Lovely. can learn and that they engage they then took her to a dance class or she went to a dance class and that was the thing. And she became one of the world's premier ballerinas and dance teachers. So my point is that maybe, I don't know, but maybe if you sat that person down, this is another frustrating thing about not having my library because otherwise I could have reached and gone here, flick, 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 it's this girl. But you might speak to her and she might know nothing about science. She might not understand, I don't know, you know, cellular structure and all the things that probably day-to-day you don't need to know. But my God, Mm. does she know about dance and how to move and know about her body? Equally, I'm sure there are people out there that know nothing about nutrition. They're struggling with, I don't know, their self-confidence or their weight or their health. And a little bit of knowledge can go a long way to making you happier. And it's not necessarily about being more intelligent or clever, is it? It's not often about that. It's the measure is, what does that knowledge give me what does the knowledge enable me to do does it enable me to move forward does it enable me to change an opinion that makes me a better person or a more agreeable person or does it allow me to enter a, an area of society that i might have been restricted from? so i think knowledge broadly mm. is a passport to um a, a future self that could be brighter and and better than where we are right now Mm. and based on the fact that we don't know what we don't know right Mm. and and that knowledge that i think 
maybe self-awareness is the most important knowledge because then you, yeah. you do have an understanding of what you don't know and then you can start to figure out and start to look for what would you would like to know and be better at and understand I love more. that. I love that. Oh, I, th- that that's good. a social media meme. Self-awareness is the greatest knowledge. <gasps> I'll get it viral after this, Papa. That, my little beauty, is our next T-shirt. oh i'm almost loath not to say what i'm about to say because it's an enormous can of worms and i know we're wrapping up and maybe i should just no i said it now what about wrong knowledge i.e flat earthers anti-vaxxers like the spread of people wanting the false even i reckon in their heart of hearts they know most of them are like but all my friends believe it so i go along with it like should I? I shouldn't have said that. You bloody idiot. six hours. That's another six hours of this shit. <laughs> because then, of course, you've got psychic ability and, you know, Doris Stokes or whatever her name was. Do you remember that? Are Stokes. you saying I didn't bend my spoon at lunchtime? Stood on mind. stage in front of 900 people going, is there anybody here called John? <laughs> yeah, I know. I hate that as well. Um, well, yeah. They're oh, in. Sorry. What do we do with that now? I don't think that's now. <laughs> it's not now. No, let's park that. Yeah, it's knowledge part two, or unknowledge, or disknowledge, or what is the <gasps> distruth? Oh. What is the? What I is like it? unknowledge. That's really good. <laughs> <laughs> it's for another time. Um, yeah. I have loved these. Now <clears throat> we should let people know. So this, this should have happened right at the very beginning. I am sorry that we're so late oh, with yes. this episode. I had yeah. proper flu, like real in bed 36 hours, achy, horrible, shivery, horrific flu. Um, did the old C jab, the C word we're not allowed to say. Not that C, the other one, COVID. Um, and uh, it wasn't that. No. Proper old school. And I had the same, basically the same thing the, the 10 days poorly. before. Yeah. It over, or our sickness overlapped. Yeah, and we know if that's going to be your next question, dear listener. Dirty mind. <laughs> So, <laughs> I Didn't get uh, it from each other. <laughs> it's a little get late. to the point. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's late. That's my point. Yes, but same, 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 same. It. Um, we're back on a roll now. We're nearly at the first well. series, and we've got some uh, interesting ideas uh, for the future. Have we not, Matt? We sure do. This is the penultimate episode of season. Oh, one. Next week is our final goodbye. I know. That's one song. song. Oh, our soiree. A swan song soiree. Oh, invite all the swans you know. Well, <laughs> <laughs> that's the noise <laughs> they make. <laughs> oh dear, it's all gone up the swanny. Nah, until surely is an award-winning podcast with us honking like swans at the end. Until next time, my love. See you. Then. Thank you so much, everyone. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to The Human Podcast. Join us for more fun over on Instagram at That Human Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you're first to hear the newest episodes. And leave us a five-star review. So we can help other people understand themselves and what it truly means to be human. <laughs>